Welcome to Stories of the In-Between, where we find freedom, healing, and transformation through sharing vulnerable stories, sounds, poems, and works of art about living in the in-between. In between paradigms, life phases, portals, labels, and boxes, in order to live into the creatriarchy, equitable sovereignty, love elementality, and radical respect every living being and Mama Gaia herself deserves. I am your host, Adrian Arrow Phillips, therapist, womb wisdom guide, doula, coach, multidisciplinary artist, and writer. Join me for your dose of potent story medicine as we go deep into the multifaceted, multidimensional revolution and power that come from stories of the in-between. Hi everyone, it's Adrienne. Just wanted to let you know that it is not too late to sign up for Nurturing the New Paradigm, an online series all about how to Trust your worth, access sovereignty, and co-create the new world, dismantle white supremacy, step up into equitable sovereignty. And today I wanted to share with you one of the first interviews I did with Justin Michael Williams. I hope that you enjoy it and are as inspired by it as I am. So enjoy. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Nurturing the New Paradigm. I'm super excited to be here. My name is Adrian Arrow Phillips and with us today we have Justin Michael Williams. Thank you so much for being here, Justin. Hey Adrian, I'm I'm so grateful, so honored to be here with you truly. Yes. So, Justin, from growing up with gunshot wounds outside his bedroom window to sharing the stage with Marianne Williamson, Deepak Chopra, Justin Michael Williams knows the power of healing to overcome. He's an author, transformational speaker, top 20 recording artist who has been featured by the Wall Street Journal, Grammy.com, Yoga Journal, Billboard.com, The Roots, and with a decade of, with his groundbreaking new book, Stay Woke, and an over a decade of teaching experience, Justin has become a pioneering voice for diversity and inclusion in wellness. So thank you so much for being here. Yeah, super grateful. Super yes, grateful. I'm grateful as well. And so we just created an amazing poem together. And this is the first time anyone had wanted to rhyme it. So I'm super excited to, to share it uh, with <laughs> you all. So it goes, this rainbow spectrum of light and darkness is brilliant and fertile enough. My road has been wondrous, even though it has been tough. Collective tipping points connected to inner liberation. The power of truth and freedom will bring us the celebration. Ancestor wounds to be tended, witchiness to be released. Healing the bonds that tie us, yearning to be free. To take a moment and breathe the freshness, the truth. Because everything you'll ever need is already inside of you. Inside, feeling all the feels, then believing in the clearing, but doesn't heal, repeat. So let's do this goddamn healing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, 
does. Thank you so much. I love much. our ending. I love our ending. <laughs> <laughs> Let's do it. Let's do this healing. Yes, I love it. So if you wanted to just let people know a little bit more about you from your perspective and like what took you to what brought you to this place. Yeah, so it's been it's been a big journey, you know, and I think for so many of us, we can say that most all of us who are on this healing journey are on this healing journey because we've been through some shit, right? <laughs> and so yes. and so that context is I think is really important to just name and allow it to arise in the space of really all the things that we've gone through that sometimes become our trauma stories, but are also a big part of our awakening stories as well. So there's the, you know, the shadow and the light, you know, the, like you just said, the rainbow spectrum of lightness and dark, brilliant and fertile enough that you started the poem with. It's so beautiful. And I think, you know, for me, it's, uh, you know, I grew up like you read in my bio in a home literally with gunshot holes on the outside of my house and with domestic violence and trauma and where like it was not unusual in my house to like be playing video games and then just everybody like duck and you have to duck because the gunshot things and then you just get up and then keep playing like it you know there was a interesting a lot of resilience then or whatever it is that got built then, because if that happened to me now I'd probably be in therapy for a year you know just if it happened one time. And I share that because when we grow up in any kind of trauma, and I, we all have our different form of that, every single one of us, it's, I always say this is not the trauma Olympics, you know, that some people are trying to play, but it's just, no matter how privileged you grew up or not, we all have conditioning. And when you have some level of conditioning that you're facing that is harmful, we find ways to adapt to that conditioning. And so my primary way of adap adapting to the conditioning was by becoming what I call a chronic overachiever. Mm. Like a lot of people will understand this, you know, and it's, it's this story that we tell ourselves that, or that we've learned to tell ourselves, or that's been modeled to us that if we accomplish enough, do enough, succeed enough, then we'll finally be enough, mm -hmm. you know, and what that comes with a huge shadow, because on the one side, we don't often look like the bad kids, you know, whatever that is. But the big shadow is we look like the golden child. We look like we're successful. We look like everything is going well. But inside there's this deep shadow of a complete entanglement between our self-worth and our validations and our achievements. And so, you know, I think a lot of people relate to this and this was definitely my story. And so I share that because, you know, I, uh, checked every box that everybody expected me to check, you know, overachieved to the nth degree, got a full ride academic scholarship to go to UCLA. I get to LA, I come out of the closet. I have this life that looked on the outside, literally like better than I had ever dreamed of when I was a little kid. And I had this moment when I was 19 saying, how is it that I have more money than I've ever had? I have more freedom than I've ever had. I am everything on the outside looks exactly like I've always dreamed of and I'm still not happy. Mm. Like, how is that possible? I, I thought, you know, getting to college and doing, it was gonna be that moment, you know, like I'm free. And I felt stuck in the same bondage that I was in before, I didn't feel free. Mm. And so I went to a therapist after I started kind of struggling with an eating disorder when I was in college um, for context of telling you how bad this was is, I'm like about six feet tall right now. And I weigh about 165, maybe a little more than that because of COVID, but I don't know. <laughs> and um, my end of my freshman year 
of college, I weighed 115 pounds. And so I was really tiny. And I think I was just trying to find something like, what do I need to fix? What do I need to control, you know, to make myself happy? And so that got pretty bad and I ended up going to a therapist and the therapist told me you should try meditation. Now this is 15 years ago, like the iPhone had just come out. There were no apps on meditation. Like none of that was, was really a thing. And I, and I definitely didn't know any black people meditating personally, you know, Oprah had not done a meditation challenge yet. And, and so I look at this therapist, this older white therapist, who's like, you should try meditation. And my response to him was literally meta what? I was like, what is that? I was like, isn't that worshiping the devil? Like, isn't that that thing with all those statues? And, uh, he told me, no, young man, like this is a practice that helps you find your happiness within. Mm. It looks like you've spent your whole life trying to find your happiness outside of yourself. And it's about time that you really learn to look how to find it within. Mm. And so that's what, you know, set my sight. It like just slightly shifted my gaze mm. because I'd never heard that before. I like within, what do you, like, I just had heard growing up, like there was this God out there who I was having some issues with at the time because I got kind of outcast from my church for coming out of the closet. And then, so there's this God that I'm supposed to be obeying. And then there's me who does these things. Like, where is this within happiness? Where is that? Mm -hmm. And luckily now we're in a space where that concept is not so new, you know? Like, I think people have heard that. But I think what is new is actually learning how to practice that in real life. How does all this internal work we're doing actually impact and shift our lives, not just sending love and light and in theory and namaha and whatever, how do we actually make it happen? And that's really what I've dedicated my work in my life to is helping us see how to take our internal work that we're doing mm-hmm. to our lives, our families, our communities and the world. I love it. Yes. Thank you so much. I, I feel like, yeah, my next question, which is kind of something you already touched on is like, what is a tip and a tool or a technique that you recommend for trusting in your self-worth and your intuition? And it sounds like meditation is like really the, the this deep like starting point for you. Yeah. But yeah. Is, there, is, there, is there a practice that you can maybe lead us through that helps us kind of deepen into that? Yeah, well, let me let me tell you this first. You know, I think there's a lot of benefits and also a lot of misconceptions about meditation. Mm-hmm. Most of us are out here saying that we're meditating and we're just sitting there with our eyes closed, beating ourselves up the whole time. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, I can't do it right. Okay, I'm trying to be relaxed. I'm not relaxed. I'm supposed to be blah, 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 blah. just the whole thing. I'm not doing it right, whatever. And then we get out and we're like, tell everybody, like, oh yeah, I meditated. It's like, no, you didn't. You sat there and beat yourself up for 20 minutes. Trying to focus on something that you really thought was boring, but you focused on it because some person told you that you were supposed to do it. Some app told you that you were supposed to do it. And the truth is, I think because I, you know, my book is on meditation and all the work that I've been doing uses this practice. And I think because of the body and like the person that I'm, that I've shown up in, in this life, people are just really honest with me about their practices. And what I want everybody to know is most people meditate, but they are really practicing this thing. Well, they, first of all, they think they suck at meditating. They think it's really hard. They think they're supposed to do it. So it feels like a chore. They're trying to get their mind to stop thinking, but they can't. And there's different, what I want to tell people is there's a different type of meditation. 
that most of us should be doing. Because a lot of the practices of meditation that we are doing or taught to do are actually taught very irresponsibly because they're taught for a different kind of person. They're, most of the practices that are here to disconnect you from your thoughts are come from a monastic style of meditation that were made literally for monks. Mm -hmm. And what monks had to do to become a monk back when this all started, first of all, meditation was not allowed for women. It was only for men. Mm -hmm. And meditation to become a monk, you had to give up your family, give up eating for days on end, give up all sexuality, give up all of your passions, give up everything you cared about to devote your life to spiritual practice. Mm -hmm. And so the monks, the ancient monks had to create a special technique to help them disconnect from all these worldly desires. And that practice, one of the most powerful techniques that they made to disconnect themselves from their world was meditation. And so what I need, the reason I need people to know that is not because I'm talking mess about all these styles of meditation. There's different styles for everybody and all of them have their benefits. Mm -hmm. But for most of us, I believe what most of us would say is that we actually don't want to disconnect from our lives. We actually want to connect with our lives. We want to connect with our ancestors. We want to connect with our passions. We want to connect more deeply with our emotions with the truth of who we are. So if every day we're practicing a practice to try to disconnect, mm -hmm. but what we really want is to connect, it's gonna feel like dissonance inside of ourselves and it's gonna feel like this isn't working for me. Right. And I think a lot of people can relate to that. And so that just felt really important for me to share as like context, because if people are practicing and they're having trouble, I wanna invite people into the idea that there are different styles of meditation that they can try. One of them being freedom meditation, which is the style that I teach in my book and that we can, we can go through a little practice together if you'd like. Awesome. Yeah. Yes. Um, one thing that I wanted to meant to, to ask a little bit more about before we go into the meditation practice is how it connects to dismantling white supremacy. Cause that's really the bet. That's really the, the, the key or the, the, to me, what the key is to really connect to the next stage of things or, you know, in this blog post that I connected with June, who's also a speaker on this series, she sent me your blog post, which is how I got connected with your work. And it was a blog post that basically went through the whole, this like feeling that once we get to a 25% tipping point and you, you cited an actual like research study and I have a master's. So I love, like, I was like, oh yes, cool. Yeah, awesome. yeah. <laughs> Give me the research. But like you, you, you talked about the fact that we need, there, there's this collective tipping point of like when 25% of, of the population or, you know, has this idea that racism can actually end, then like there's a ripple effect. And you talked about also like the fact that race is, race as it is, is made up. However, appropriation is not made up you know like you said skin color is not made up trauma is not made up like all these things that are connected to race as this this construct that humans have created those things are not like those are real yeah. and it's like how can we reconnect to like you're talking about connection a practice of connection how can we connect to culture and heritage and tradition and for me as like a white person like for me, it's really about the practice of 
tending the wounds that are deeply inside me and that have been there and that haven't been like collectively as white people, we have not really talked about this until, you know, COVID hit and we're like, oh shit, we got to deal with all this thing, all these things internally, you know? And it's like, okay, cool. Like how can we utilize this practice to really dismantle this really harmful system and step up into what I call equitable sovereignty, where we are stepping down from the parts of ourselves that um, we want to step down from. Like I want to step down from whiteness and it'll be a practice that I'll probably be practicing my whole life, but I'm also stepping up into things like being a queer person and being, you know, being a woman and, you know, being in a very intersectional place as a person in an intersexual orientation and interracial marriage with two, you know, small biracial babies. Like, so it's like all of these different things. Like, I feel like I just wanted to mention those things before we go into the meditation, because I feel like, because I feel like that is really the, the premise of this, of, of, of this event and and wanting to really name those things as as something that we get to work with internally you know depending and it looks different depending on which body we have like you're saying show shown up with in this lifetime yeah no this is thank you for like just placing all of those ingredients into like the cauldron that we're creating together here like i feel like you just with all your witchiness you just went Let's put all that in and see what happens to your meditation. And that's perfect because those are all the perfect ingredients, Adrian. So I'm grateful. And, you know, there's a couple things. So number one, you know, we have all been racialized, Hmm. you know, and this is an important thing for us to remember because we're not, we are not born with any concept of race. Hmm. It is something that is literally placed on us, like placed upon us. Mm-hmm. And you started with one point that I feel like is really important is that race, so race, which is classifying and separating and distinguishing people based upon the color of their skin, right? Is how we're creating what race is in this modern time mm-hmm. is a modern creation. The word racism didn't even exist a few hundred years ago. Mm-hmm. Like it wasn't even, the concept was something that was created by Western civilization. Yes. However, even though all of that is, is true and it's a made up, total ridiculous in-group, out-group concept that makes no rational sense whatsoever at all, mm-hmm. the impact of race is very real, right? Right. So that's kind of the distinguished thing that I want to say is the concept itself is bullshit the in, and, and it's fake and it's not real and the impact is real right. because the context that gets created from the concept is the, the water we're swimming in. Right. And so that those things are really important to name. And so, you know, I'll say this because there's a lot here, but I'll say this piece of it. <clears throat> a few months back, God, it was a lot of months back now. COVID has my whole life just feeling like a blur <laughs> because, because I, I was saying one of my mentees actually said the other day, he was like, I feel like in COVID, like my whole life has just been playing like a video game version of my life. And I was like, that is on point. That is literally what life has been like. I'm like playing a Zoom video game of my real life. And so, you know, back whenever many months ago it was, I was, it was just after George Floyd. And, you know, I was doing my due diligence to educate myself more. I've been educated. I've been in this space. 
but I was stepping in deeper because people were now asking me to speak up. And I said, if I'm going to speak up, I need to know what the fuck I'm talking about here. You know what I mean? And not just mm-hmm. talk off random stuff that's harmful. And so I'm reading and I'm reading and I'm reading and I'm reading, I'm reading all the books, I'm do- reading all, everything. And I sit there and I'm thinking, gosh, you know, why is it that so much of this work comes and gives this instant placement, like just like race is placed on us, like it gives this instant placement on us, assumption mm. that racism will n- never end. Mm. Like, it's almost like that's in the soil that all of it comes from. It's like, this is something, and we hear these quotes, like, it will be lifetimes of work and will everybody for ancestors and forever will be doing lifetimes. And I'm sorry, if my children are gonna, I don't have children yet, but if I have children, if they're fighting for the same shit I'm fighting for, that's ridiculous. You know what I mean? We've done so many incredible things in short amounts of time on this planet. Things that seem impossible, putting a man on the moon, potentially, maybe, you know, like just all the different things that we've, that we've done. Like look at just the creation of the cellular phone, you know, and like how short that's happened, how that's changed the globe, you know? And that's flying, just so many things. So what I was sitting there thinking was, everybody's saying racism can't end. And my question is, why not? Like, why, why not? And just that question, like I had never even thought to ask it. And I think so many of us haven't thought to ask it. Like, wait, and if, and if it's gonna end, like who ends it? Is it some other lifetime, you know, some other thing? No, it's us. It's us. And we're in a a position to do that because we have the ancestors who've done all this work before us. And because we're the first generation of people with New York Times best-selling books and education everywhere about this topic. So I'm not saying that we change what we're doing. I'm saying we do it in a different context. We don't do it just to keep talking about racism. We do it to end racism. Right, and right. those are two very, it, like you could be doing the same thing and have different outcomes when you have that context and intention. And so the article, you can fi- people can find it. It's at endingracismtogether.com. Super easy to find. There's an article and pledge. I won't go through the whole thing here. But the reason why, as it goes straight to your question, Adrian, about how this relates to our practice yes, is yeah. because in a white supremacist culture, people of color, BIPOC, everybody, okay? We have not had ever an opportunity historically to be well. Mm. We have never had an opportunity to be well. Black women in the United States have never had an opportunity to be well. We are the first generation with the opportunity to even think about this shit. Mental health, manifesting, life purpose, we're the first generation, you know, of our people. Mm-hmm. And so, especially people who've been in the margins, especially for black people, especially for queer people, especially, you know, all these groups, trans first group. And so this, just that act, it's like our ancestors dreams. And I have this quote that I wanted to pull up from Dr. Sarah King. And she said, it's like one of my favorite quotes. She said, we are beings that live at the nexus of the dreams of our ancestors and the memories of our descendants. 
Yes. Mm -hmm. That is it in the infinity symbol. We're right here. Boom. Right in the middle. And so this work that we're doing, okay? I have to make one more really important point. That's okay. Yeah. Is when people are talking about meditation and yes, the wellness is part of the resistance. Yes, that's a cute hashtag. Yes, it's all true. Sure. But it's a deeper than that. Because what I am make, trying to make sure that people really fully understand mm -hmm. is there is a difference between change and transformation. Mm -hmm. Things change all the time. We change clothes, we change where we live, we change houses, we change relationships, we change jobs, we change presidents, we change senates, we change all the things change. None of those changes ever have a lasting impact if we haven't transformed. Mm -hmm. Never. And so the reason why the internal work is so important is because what is a nation but a collection of individuals? Right. And so what, how else can we do it? And so what has to happen is when we do our internal work, when, when people hear people like me who teach meditation, and I like to say I'm an inner activist and all these things, what some people hear me say is like, it sounds fluffy. Like, okay, like he's the inner activist teaching meditation, like get your ass out and go march and go protest, which I will do, I do. But the reason why this work is so important is how many of us, I can just pull this out of the social justice lens for a second to help us see it more clearly. How many of us have been in a relationship with someone, whether it's romantic or not, got out of that relationship because we realized it wasn't good for us anymore, got into a new relationship, with a whole different person, and then soon realized you're in the same relationship with the same conversations, with the same shit, with the same cycles over and over and over. We're shaking our heads because we've all been there. That's because it doesn't matter if the whole external person is completely different. The whole circumstance is different. If you've moved to a new city, if you haven't changed within, transformed, mm -hmm. you can't show up to any relationship differently. And that is for your relationships with people, for your job, for your body, for your art, for your money, and for social justice and change. Yes. So this is why the internal work matters so much. Not because I don't think the external work matters. It's because the external work matters so much yes. that it must be met with the same commitment of our internal work. So all this busyness in doing that we're doing, all the protesting and the marching and the raising the fists and the flags so that it can actually have the impact we want it to have long-term. So that's the, that's me on my soapbox. <laughs> so. I love it. Thank you so much. And I'd like to add that, like, when we see things that happen on like January 6th, right? Like mm. this energy of, I, of this in this needed internal work, like what I see is like a bunch of, of white people. So with, without the tools that you're about to, you know, teach us, to, to go inside and tend and feel, feel all the ancestor energy from, from many centuries back and, and sit with it. And that's what COVID has given us, is given us an opportunity to sit. And now we have to like really deal with everything. And I'm really grateful overall, even though there's been a lot of, you know, death and like grief and all these things. And it's like mother earth gave this to us for, for like, I'm grateful. Cause I think that, you know, 
I'm grateful that we have this president that we have because I don't know if that would have happened. I don't know if the switching of hands would have happened if if COVID wouldn't have happened, you know, because people would have gone kept going on the hamster wheel of yeah. you know, patriarchy mm -hmm. and and you know all of these things. And yeah, so thank you for your practices that you are also gifting to. I love your your the way that you share about this is for everybody. And that we are literally every single person is a part of the solution and can be a part of the solution, and that is white people is in is included and not and I would add maybe most important we have the most work to do we have the most oh. inner work to transform right now. And you know what the scary part is? This is also the scary part for people to really admit. Hmm. White people are who are going to actually be able to make the biggest impact. Hmm to change things. It's the truth. It just is what it is, you know, and people don't like to say that, but like the more othering that we're doing of our white brothers and sisters, the less likely we're going to be to make the change that we want. And so we have to really, it's not that we all have the same work to do. We have different work to do sometimes, but the people who are really going to change white supremacist culture are white people, exactly. not us. You know what I mean? And so it's so important that we're all stepping up to do this work together and compassionately. Yes, compassionately and stepping up into our, yeah, inner, into our own inner, yeah, inner work to what, what our, we're supposed to be doing in this lifetime. And yeah. I showed up in this body because I'm supposed to be transformed. I have Pluto on the Sunday and I'm Scorpio rising. So I go deep and I like, you know, like transformation is like, this is why I'm here, you know? So yeah. I hear you. Um, and also before we also go into your meditation on your book, Stay Woke, it says a meditation guide for the rest of us. So what do you mean by the rest of us? And have we already touched on that a little bit? Yeah, we, a little bit. But, you know, there's a section from my book that I, I'd actually love to read to you. Um, I'm just pulling it up. So it's literally right in the beginning of my book. And when I finished writing my book, Stay Woke, my publisher, Sounds True, they asked me because my title was stay woke a meditation guide for the rest of us and they asked me who's the rest of us and it was funny because in 2018 when i was writing this book like i would have never known that it would be coming out in 2020 just before all this you know and so back then i think there was even a need to ask who the rest of us are but i think now we know you know what i mean and so this is what I actually wrote. It was one of the last things that got added to the book and it's on, it's on page three of Stay Woke for those of you who have it. And so it says, <clears throat> for my black brothers and sisters, this is for you. For my LGBTQIA plus family, this is for you. For my women who've had enough, this is for you. For my starving artists and workaholic creatives, this is for you. For my conscious entrepreneurs who want to make an impact in the world, this is for you. For those who have been discriminated against for their otherness, this is for you. For my social justice warriors, this is for you. For my tree-loving planet savers, this is for you. And for all people of color, and everyone else who is woke enough to understand why I'm even pointing that out in the first place, this is for you. Mm -hmm. And so we can find ourselves in there. You know, I see you shaking your head because we can find ourselves in there. Yes. And, and, and for the people who 
can't find themselves in there or don't locate themselves in there, what we as a community have the opportunity to do is to call them forward mm. into a new vision, mm. into a vision for equality and collect, not to other them, but to call them forward, not to call them out, but to call them forward. Mm. You know, and there's a whole different ball game on that, but I talk about that in a lot of my work. And um, yeah, so that, that feels like a, it's a different meditation book. We don't got no, you know, there, there's not that many books out there that talk to us in this way. And so I'm really grateful and honored to have been able to, to write this book for us. Great. Yeah. Is the manifest um, workbook a part of that as well? Or uh, is it separately? Is that it's, separate? it's different. Yeah. So on my website, I have um, the a manifest workbook that comes with a three-hour masterclass that I just... I give it away for free because I literally just think everybody needs to do it. You know, we used to charge for it. And now I'm just like, everybody do it. We've had thousands of people take the masterclass. And it's a little workbook that guides you step-by-step step through creating the vision for your life, using actual scientific proven ways of manifesting, not this vision board bullshit that doesn't work. Like how do you actually start to go through the process of not just sitting and praying, but what are the action steps and how do you really call it in? Um, and so I guide people through that in a workbook. It's all for free on my website on justinmichaelwilliams.com. And, and, and you can, I'm very easy to find so people can find me there. Yeah, And we can, that's going to be the free gift at the end of, 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 of our time together that you guys can connect to that. And I have gone through the workbook and I have, I'm almost, I read, reread it this morning and I was uh. like, oh, oh, things are actually starting to happen. Like, yeah. like things are trickling in and I love it. And so I just, I just, yeah, I really appreciate all of the different pieces of your work and really see that it's, it's really calling us forward. Like you're saying, calling us in towards, yeah. towards our, towards our, our work. So yeah. Would you like to, um, I feel like that gives a good context for sharing yeah. your meditation and I'll then- do I'll do a short practice. Um, we'll do a very brief practice. And uh, this is a simple one. And what I'm gonna invite people to do here, this is kind of a, one of the kind of tenet practices of freedom meditation, which is a style of meditation that I teach in my book. And I learned this practice or the original version of this practice from my teacher, Lauren Roche, who took me under his wing when I was literally like 19 years old and, and taught me everything. And and now I've adapted it to be a little more universal because he's an older white man, you know? And so how do we, how do we make it more universal? And I'm gonna guide you through a visualization. Now, the reason I'm giving you this kind of preamble is because when I'm guiding a visualization, what I need you to know is that some of us don't visualize by seeing images in our heads. And so what happens is when we're getting guided through guided practices on an app or something and they're telling us to imagine and we don't imagine it, we feel like we're doing it wrong. What I want you to know is that there's five other ways, so six ways total, that you can imagine things in your mind. One is by seeing images and they may be fuzzy or blurry or incomplete or they may be totally vivid. All is, all is fair. Sound. Sometimes if I say imagine an ocean, you might not see it, but you might hear it in your mind. Mm -hmm. Smell. Imagine the ocean, you can smell the salt air, taste. Mm. Imagining with your taste buds, kinesthetic sensation in your body. So imagine an ocean, you feel the breeze or you feel a temperature change in your body. A lot of dancers and yogis and people who are in their bodies feel, you know, feel that. And then there's emotion. 
So imagining with your emotions. So I say, imagine an ocean and you feel peace. You just feel peace. That's your imagination. So I, as I'm guiding you through this, just know if I'm asking you to see something and it's like blurry and you don't really see it, or if I ask you to hear something, you don't hear it, don't force it. Just notice the way that your natural rhythm, your kind of unique cauldron likes to call up imagination. Okay. So let's dive in that way. So I'd like you to place your hands over your heart if that feels good to you and take a full deep breath in. And then on your exhale, if it feels okay to you, I invite you to close your eyes. And if you don't wanna close your eyes, that's fine. You can just keep them open, but just kind of keep a soft gaze, keep your vision a little bit blurred out so you don't get distracted. And then on the count of three, I want you to exhale everything out of your system through your nose. One, two, three, exhale everything out, come to completely empty. Now to my count of three, please inhale for one, two, three, hold for one, two, three, exhale one, two, three. Again, inhale one, two, three, hold for one, two, three, exhale one, two, three. Last time, inhale one, two, three, hold for one, two, three, exhale one, two, three. Beautiful. Now just breathe normally. I invite you to just get really comfortable in your body, whatever that means, even if you have to drop your hands, just get comfortable. Now I'm gonna invite us into a short visualization together. And as I guide you through this, I want you to remember that everything is just a suggestion. If something doesn't feel good to you, I don't want you to do it. I'll never ask you to do something or never want you to do something that doesn't feel right. So just trust what arises. Here we go. I want you to imagine a future version of yourself who is living the life of your dreams. You have the body you've always wanted. You're in the house you've always wanted. You're in the relationships you've always wanted. Everything is exactly as you've always wanted and dreamed of. And if that feels impossible, good. Because if we can't think beyond our current circumstances, we'll never be able to live beyond them. So just let yourself go there with me for a moment. And if you have multiple things shuffling in front of you in your mind, just let one bubble up to the surface and let's dimensionalize this a little bit. Notice as you look at this future you, are you indoor or are you outdoor in the vision? What colors do you see around you? What are you wearing in the vision? 
Is there anybody there with you? And what's happening in this vision right now that indicates to you that you're living the life of your dreams? And now I want you to zoom out a little bit and imagine that you're even living in the world of your dreams. All circumstances overcome. Everything in the world is exactly as you could always dream of, as if it was like a miracle. What do you notice? That's the first thing that comes up. What's happening in this life of your dreams and in this world of your dreams? And now I'm gonna ask you a question. And I want you to answer this question using one, two, or three words. The first words that come up to you. It could be one, two, or three words. Here's your question. As you look at this future version of yourself who is living the life of your dreams, what energy do you need to cultivate more of in your life now, today? become that person that you're seeing in your vision right now. Honestly, again, what energies do you need to cultivate more of in your life now to become that person and create that world that you're seeing in your vision? What are the energies? One, two, or three words. And now take a deep breath in, imagining you're filling yourself up with the energy of those words. And then exhale, imagine sending the energy of those words out to everyone who needs it. So we're in this reciprocal process, inhaling the energy that you need and exhaling and offering that energy back out. Feeling it move through you. One more time, inhaling. Like you're taking a shower in the energy. And exhale, offering it out. Even if the energy turns into a light or a color or a texture. And then when you're ready, I invite you to open your eyes. <sighs> So I want to just for a moment honor and help people understand why this practice is so powerful. And then I would love, Adrian, for you to share your words afterwards. So what I just said, this is a super simple practice and a part of what we do in the workbook, you feel that, right? So a part of what we do in, the, in this practice is I say, here's who you are now. Here's the world we live in now. Here's who you want to become. Here's the world we want to create. And notice that I said there's a gap. There's a gap between who you are now, the world we're in now, and what is to become. And notice that I didn't ask you, what do you need to do to fill the gap? I said, who do you need to be? Who is it that you need to become? And everyone listening to this is gonna have different words 
a different energy that you need to become mm -hmm. to step in to the life and the world that we want to create. And so what were your words, Adrian? Uh, the first one was love, which I feel like is the basis of my life already. Self-worth. Worth. Worth is the second. Self-worth is good. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then this third one, which feels really important for me too, is courage. Mm. Love, self-worth, or worth. Do you have a preference between those two? Worth, but it's worth. Yeah. Love, worth, and courage. So listen why this is so important and why this is revolutionary, especially in the context of what we're talking about of white supremacy and this and that. Mm -hmm. In the colonization of our wellness practices mm -hmm. and the corporatization of our wellness practices, mm -hmm. what we've been taught to do is to look outside of ourselves mm -hmm. and say, hey, guru, app, teacher, person who doesn't know me at all, can you tell me what I need to be well? Mm -hmm. Can you tell me what it is that I need? And I'm not saying that it's bad to get support or guidance. It's not. Of course, we want to learn and have teachers and people that we're learning from. But you know what you need. Mm -hmm. You know. Mm -hmm. You just have to get asked the right questions and you have to remember. And so if I came here and I gave us all a meditation on peace, would it be harmful? No. Mm -hmm. But if you need courage and worth and love, a peace meditation is going to be cute, but you'll be bored with it because it's not taking you, Adrian, where you need to go. Yes. And so the real point of these practices and a part of us taking our agency back and our power back mm -hmm. is to realize that the guru is within you. And so that is what freedom meditation is all about. That's what the style is about. And then we take that and go, okay, you want love and courage and worth? Well, what does that mean in the world? How do we bring that into the world and not just sit here and, and meditate on it, but use that as a springboard to overcome the toxic habits in our lives, the self-sabotage, and the ways that we're out of alignment with the world that we want to create, and then take action. So this is what I do. This is, this is, this is me. <laughs> Woo! Thank you so much. Wow. <laughs> that, I, I really, I literally feel it through my whole body and I sense mm. energy moving and moving into like you were saying this this is we were recording this on the full moon in leo and it's the day of miracles and i just sense into the the great gratitude for your for your powerful gift you just gave me and all of our listeners wow and you know wow thank you you're um, very welcome it's 50 i just want to honor your time and yeah. want to let ask like where can we find you and we already talked about that a little bit like where can we find you it's we already talked about the free gift yeah. and then there is also possibly a song if you have yes time. yes i have time actually i can i can i can so it's good we're today luckily i do have time so um i'm very easy to find if you just google justin michael williams you'll find me but my website has everything that you need i'm we just will on instagram um and Spotify and I like so my work really intersects music mindfulness and social justice and so I love weaving all these things together because the music is you know the sugar that makes the medicine go down yes. and so with that being said I have a song that I'd love to share with you all to close out mm -hmm. and um, I just want to thank you Adrian for this 
leadership and thought partnership and the full integrity and heart that you're bringing to the table. It's such a gift and a joy to this world. And I'm so grateful to have been able to share space with you today. Thank you. And, and the first person who's ever started anything with me by writing a poem, and I'm, I, I, that was such a beautiful practice. I'm so, so, so thankful for that. So thank you. The gratitude is completely reciprocal. Well, you're wonderful. So let's, um, let's play. So this is gonna be, when I do this, this song for me is less of a, <clears throat> much less of a performance than it is a prayer. Mm. And what is true is that no matter how much we meditate, how much we pray or study or learn or how many summits we go on or whatever the hell we do, there's always gonna be that child inside of each of us who just wants to know that they're enough not for what they do, not for what they achieve, but for who they are. Mm. And so if you close your eyes for a moment, we imagine that future self, but imagine now a childhood version of yourself. And as you look at a childhood version of you at any age, notice what arises. Are you indoor or outdoor in that vision? And what did that childhood you need the most in their life? And we're gonna let this song be a prayer and an intention for that child inside of each of us who just wants to know they're enough. Mm. If you don't mind, I'm gonna get up and move my body. Do it, because I would do it. Just make sure you mute yourself and then we'll be golden. Yeah, right. so that the sound, uh, the sound doesn't mess up. So great. Yeah, please move your body, Adrian. So this, my little guitar, which I learned how to play during COVID. And this is I Am Enough. Here we go. Can you hear the guitar? Yes, I can hear the guitar. Okay. I like Okay, cool. Just checking that it was good. All right, cool. Little boy, don't cry. You've been in pain. Enough, no. Little girl, don't hide. You're finally safe. Enough, uh. One day I'll look into your eyes, show you you don't need to hide behind disguise, no. Spread your wings, you're terrified. Don't be afraid, you're born to fly. I'm by your side, yeah. I am enough. I am golden, baby. I am enough. That's the words. I am enough. I am enough. Oh, I am golden, baby. I am enough. I am enough. Oh. Little girl, it's all right. 
You've taken the blame, you've taken the blame. Enough, no. Little boy, don't hide. You've been ashamed. Enough. Uh. One day I'll look into your eyes, show you you don't need to hide behind disguise. No. Spread your wings, you're terrified. Don't be afraid, you're born to fly. I'm by your side. Do we go say I am enough? Hey, I am golden, baby. I am enough. That's it. I'm golden, baby. Yeah, come on. I am enough. Oh, I am golden, baby. I am enough. I am enough. No. reverberate through your system. I trust, I let go, and I know that I am worthy. Thank you so much for having me. It's really an honor and a privilege I don't take for granted. I'm so grateful. And uh, Thank you so much for your multifaceted, multidimensional gifts and powerful presence. Thank you so much for being with us. My pleasure, sister. Yeah, for everyone tuning in, thank you so much and so much love. Yeah, we'll see you again soon. Thank you so much for tuning in to Stories of the In-Between. If you now feel a little more connected to your own inner transformation and our collective liberation, please subscribe. Leave a five-star rating on your favorite platform, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor, or anywhere you find your podcast, and or share it with a friend that might find some solace in these words and vibrations. Sending you so much love. Until next time.